for a film that says there's no time to die, it thinks it's cool. It thinks it's sweet time to do so. No time to die, but certainly time to have three identical chases through streets of various European <laughs> cities and speeches with an indecipherable villain. <laughs> Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, like the COVID vaccines, he gets less effective as the season wears on. I welcome my friend and yours, Dr. Luke. Where's me booster, Gledall? How are you doing today, Luke? <laughs> yes, I'm good. I don't know how to follow that one, Reg. I mean, I don't know. I hope we can be a, a, hope we can be a, a jab in the arm for all Wednesdayites. Oh. Oh. oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so how you, you know, you're ready for Halloween? You're prepared? You've got the candies ready? Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm just still thinking about dealing with this, uh, just a neverlasting, uh, neverlasting wave of Darren Moore. I would recommend against going as Darren Moore to any Halloween parties. I just think it's a very difficult line to tread. And much as I trust you, I just feel you're just only so many steps away from being very culturally inappropriate. That's fair, yeah. Um, I feel like we're both talking about very different things right now, which is fine. But let's, uh, how about we all get on the same page and talk about, let's talk about the week that was for Sheffield Wednesday. That was the week that was, that was there. Yeah, let's do that. Breaking hoo-hoos. Really, the, the, the only news per se was our, our match against Cambridge. We uh, we've completed the first leg of our Oxbridge challenge for this season with a a midweek visit to Cambridge. Shame about the boat race. Shame about the boat race. Maybe we would have had half a chance in the boat race. You reckon? Who who do you reckon would be the Cox and the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday boat race? Oh, I mean, it's best if it's a little person, isn't it? Because you're not carrying the weight. I think Barry Bannon likes shouting at people and it wouldn't be adding too much sort of ballast to uh, to drag along. So maybe he's an ideal cox. And um, and sometimes he acts like a little bit of a cox. So here we go. <laughs> Do you, would, would you have an alternative suggestion? No, I think that sounds pretty decent. Like, I mean... Does he need to? I guess he feels a need to point. You can't point and row at the same time, though, can you? That could be disruptive, couldn't it? To, it could. Uh, to fly. It could well be. Yeah, balance is uh, is all important. Yeah, too much gesticulating really could get you uh, literally in in the, in the water. Um, yeah, but we weren't there for a boat race, Luke. We were there for a football match. Yeah. Yes, we were. As someone who was listening on the Cambridge commentary, they couldn't believe that they were playing Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. It's nights like this, Trevor. Sheffield Wednesday visiting under the lights 
just over 7,000 packed in. These are the special nights, aren't they? <laughs> oh, it was very hard to not feel a, a, an element of how the mighty have fallen uh, midweek against Cambridge and very much also runs, particularly for most of that first half. Yeah, I'm having difficulty remembering a lot of this game, I'm going to be honest. I know that you said you made some notes for this one. I didn't particularly. I remember being particularly underwhelmed with what I saw, though. Yeah, yep. Many whelms were undered. Um, no, just sort of, we didn't, it, once again, another game where it just felt like we didn't have much of a plan. We didn't have much presence in the game. Um, and there were several chances for the opposition, and we didn't really look like we had a reliable route to make chances of our own. Um, the first sort of big chance I made a note for for them was a, a sort of poor punch by Bailey Peacock Farrell. This is on the 10th minute when uh, he was sort of left watching and hoping as the, as the Cambridge player headed it over, but he would have been powerless to do anything about it if it was on target. And then 10 minutes later, obviously, we conceded a really poor goal um a, a bad a sort of poor uh, the corner that almost didn't make the near post it was bobbling uh but was flicked backwards by a player on the ground on his knees almost and sort of snuck in at the near post slightly worrying trend now of conceding at set pieces that we're starting to uh, starting to build up. Yeah, this seems to be a bit of a trait this team is building up, isn't it? Which is maybe a bit of foreshadowing for today. But so uh, yeah, we don't seem particularly uh, particularly comfortable with thinking about these things. I, I do think you're the most common sort of. We were we were texting a little bit back and forth, and uh, a very common theme was FFS wing because um, <laughs> Wing had some chances. Wing could have made some things happen. And in particular, the 35th minute, Dunkley played an absolutely unbelievable defence-splitting pass through the but Wing one-on-one with the keeper. But he just looked completely unconvincing and didn't really test the keeper from it. Um, we, had, we had a start for, for Delhi Bashiru, and, and I think he really made the most of it. You know, In terms of positives, he, he really shone all the way through the game, I think. Um, he uh, he sort of he had an effort early on, well, thirty-eighth minute, um, and then we had this. The, the last thing that happened in the first half was this bizarre booking. Patterson was booked. Bannon got into a scuffle because a second ball came on the pitch, and I think he should have been allowed. He thought he should have been allowed to retake his set piece. I think because yes of that. Yes, I I kind of agree with him to be honest. With you. <clears throat> and then the. Cambridge player dawdled in terms of chucking the other ball away. So Bannon got very mouthy and chubby. A lot of their players kind of ganged up on Bannon. And then Patterson sort of stood up for for Bannon and got he he got a yellow card. He was the only player in a kind of ruckus of about six to get a yellow card. It was just a bit odd. And mm. we we ended the half with both Bannon and Patterson sort of berating. The ref, and I can only imagine Bannon was saying, I should have got the yellow card, which is a strange thing to be, you know, um, arguing for. In terms of other other notes, just the second half was just dreadful. Mm. Um, another one of these halves where they were very happy with the 
goal they'd got. They didn't have any impetus or drive to to do anything much more, which does put them in quite a dangerous position because they keep a threat or two on on the pitch. We have to commit and commit and commit, and then they they get chances on the break. Um, and it we just would just so much bad play, poor passing, things breaking down. Wing again had several chances. Um, he did another one of those volleys that now seems to be one of his specialities that kind of you think surely he's just got to make a contact and somehow the contact he makes sends it straight up in the air. Um, but we were saved <laughs> by Delhi Bashiru, who uh, not just content having a, a shining performance in a very poor team, did actually grab himself a goal. So it was a hopeful long ball forward. Berahino sort of battled and flicked the ball on. And Delhi Bashiru took the ball down, took a moment to compose himself and then calmly slotted it across the front of the goal into the far corner. Um, and from that point on, that you know, the, it becomes one of these games where we should have should have probably gone on and got a winner, probably not having deserved it on the balance of play. But all of, it was all Wednesday after that point. Um, and probably the best chance we made was was Palmer setting up a really good one-two with Bannon. If you remember that great moment, I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, really, yeah, so, I really think I've, I've kind of managed to kind of take a lot of this game outside of my memory, I think. Which is a sane and sensible thing to do. Exactly. I remember that really, you know, actually the, the phrase was fucking hell wing, which I think we repeated like a good five <laughs> or six times, which I think is probably a new catchphrase for us, really, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, I remember the that chance which wing should have buried. And I know I said to you that he punched the ground in a more unconvincing manner than he yeah. did the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I guess this is an interesting thing. Like the nature, I think a lot about the nature and context of our, what we do on this podcast and how I think like all Wednesdayites, we're very excited for new signings. We are optimistic. We have to look to the elements of optimism. Uh, yeah. The season gets started. That's the typical thing. I think we've been fairly realistic every time that we've made predictions about Sheffield Wednesday. I don't think we've yeah. really got carried away with things. Um, I, I think the the thing that I often find and I kind of reflect on my own disappointments with Sheffield Wednesday, and when we look back and do this, I think I kind of expect more moments of brilliance from talented players. I think that's the thing that I'm yeah. kind of over, like wholesale disappointed about with Sheffield Wednesday. I do want to say, like, I mean, there's still a there's still a lot of time to kind of turn this round, but uh, my prediction that our player of the season would be Lewis Wing is is pretty far <laughs> off. The only thing I think, and I mean, this is a phrase, something that will tie in and foreshadow our main coverage of today's game. Yeah, we were recording the podcast on today at home against Lincoln. I think maybe one of the small crumbs of comfort that me and you can take, and I imagine probably a lot of other Wednesdayites as well, I don't think we're particularly unique in this, me and you can feel vindicated in the things, the promising things we've ever had to say and seen of Fizeo Dili Bashuru mm. previously, FDB, everything we've seen has come, I've seen, seen that the guy has a bit of talent and something different and promise. And now yeah. this game, to focus on the game we're going to get into and especially midweek against Cambridge crowned with his, uh, his first first senior goal for Sheffield Wednesday. 
Yeah. Absolutely. He's, uh, I mean, all the things we have have been talking about so positively, he's he's living up to those at this point in time. And uh, mm. it's, it's tricky because obviously we don't know the temptation for me what, looking at this is just to go like, you know, how come we've seen so little of him? You know, we had so many desperate performances last season and he just didn't seem to get a look in. No, I know. And well, especially because it was such a myriad of, of uh, you know, again, we went with it's, it's been a core dynamic of Sheffield Wednesday now in the mall, which I'm still, com- you know, confused about. Um, but very much Monk and possibly even further back looking at Jos Lukai. So it's yeah, it's been largely kind of there, but this mentality of the 3-5-2 or the 5-3-2, depending on what it is. So we're working on two banks of three, three, mid- three centre midfielders and three central defenders. Seemingly there's a fascination with, there's a lot that's uh, being not being addressed in the middle of the park, essentially through that spine of the team. Yeah. I guess we've got an interesting thing again today. And then, you know, the funny thing with this is it's it hasn't been usually very convincing as to what our middle three is for the three no. in the middle of the park. Um, the thing that was so so <clears throat> dire and kind of fascinating from last year, last season, with so many kind of ill performances that still kind of merit their place in, this, in, the, in yeah, the middle of yeah. the park. Yeah. But yet we seemingly want to, you know, shuffle. I remember previously we shuffled the defense so often. And I mean, we still are shuffling the defense so often. So that's the thing yeah, now. Yeah. So using all our defensive options, not looking any better for the more bodies at the back. No. And, you know, and then kind of further up the pitch, looking in the middle of the park, just being incredibly unconvincing with the options we had that were there. So it's been staggering that he just hasn't had more of a chance. Considering that the players who are certainly better in reputation and better in kind of overall skill set and probably value to this football club, um, but clearly not playing and not showing the potential that they do previously. But I bet if you asked, I bet if Darren Moore was pressed on it, he'd say, "Well, he needed to learn all these things, and now he's taken them on board. You can see how good he's become." So what we don't right. know is how true that is or how <clears throat> much that is just shielding yourself from an obvious criticism, but he's yeah. lived up. He's playing in the way that I would have expected from what I've seen of him. And I know that's been glimpses and it's maybe not been against the best opposition, but I feel like he's just fulfilled. He's giving us a full game's worth of what he's done when he's been given little moments previously. Yeah, if you've only got ten minutes, you can only do what you know. You can you can just do your thing in ten minutes, and given a start, he seems to be doing that throughout games now. So I mean, I, I suppose it's not a great time to go pointing fingers, but I, the main the main thing is well done, Fizeo. And completely, um, completely. The more the more we see of you, the the better you know the better really from this point on, it seems, because there's an awful lot to that young man's game. Um, and he seems to have a great attitude as well. Mm. 
I want to kind of put a pin in that note. I mean, I, I, I appreciate you coming and being and saying some things that are positive because I think there are some positives to kind of focus on. And so, mm. I, yeah, let's let's give a few kudos to a player that we thought would be decent and is is doing really really well in FDB. Yeah. So, a lot of kudos to him, and I'm really glad to see that he's he's nailed down a starting place in the middle of the park. And we we had a we had a last little flourish from roaming goal threat. Yes, Liam Palmer, yes. <laughs> where he played a one-two with Bannon on uh, sort of fed the ball across to Bannon on the edge of the box and then got on his bike, uh, made his way into the area and Bannon just hung a cross up for him and he he got a really good contact on it. Just unluckily, the keeper was right behind it as well. But it was almost one of those, almost anywhere else in the goal probably would have really challenged the keeper and maybe would have sent us away with a, a very unlikely and pretty undeserved win uh, at the end of the game. But uh, it ends up being... A point from behind, which we haven't done in something like 26 previous matches. That sounds about right. It is a rare occurrence, right? Yeah, very. So the the tricky thing in this season is it's so hard to know where these where these clubs lie. Because going into this run of games, this these three games ending with the Lincoln today. We when when we started that run of of matches, they were seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. So you look at that thinking, right? These are three teams we should go and beat shortly. If we're a for a top half team, even we should be looking to kind of fill our boots. These this should be nine points from three games, mm-hmm. at the very least, probably seven. But. <sighs> Is that the case? I mean, we we beat Bolton and Bolton were flying high. Bolton have lost every game since we beat them. It's hard to know who sits where in this division still. I know there's people talk about looking at things after 10 games, look at it, don't look at it for Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, interestingly, we beat Bolton. I mean, some interesting kind of uh, revelations and kind of movements from the world of League One this week. Mm. I mean, also we beat Wigan as well, right? Who were kind of high yeah, yeah. and I think tied for second or third or whatever it is now in the league. Yeah. Um, beat Bolton. Bolton have their captain has had a giant fallout with their manager, Ian Everts. Did you right, see this? Yeah. And then he's ended up no. in the non-league. Oh, right. Oh, wow. He's completed a free transfer because I'm like, how can you do that? Well, there's no transfer window in the National League. So there is a transfer window in the football league. So you can get them out. So, I mean, considering Ian Ever is, I think, the only manager thus far we've singled out for uh, special treatment post game, <laughs> or the only opposing manager. Yeah, he seems like a complete arse. So I can see why you wouldn't want to hang around with him. And then also in separate news, I mean, Charlton have sacked uh, Nigel Adkins. Hmm. So interesting to that one is, um, you know, first game of the season, we pick up a point away at Charlton. We think this is a good, a good point. And I think in the context of getting started, like, you know, especially with following that with three or four wins, I think it was right. We had an incredible start. So yeah, um, that seemed good, but uh, Charlton had been languishing in the relegation spots. And Donnie, who we beat in that initial run of, looking like you know they might they might be down 
very like almost ridiculously early given their their, their performance uh, so far yeah. this season. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It's very tricky to 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 look at and and know. And and then add to that that this is a Sheffield Wednesday team. I I never know what formation we're going to play ahead of time. I never know what the who's yeah. going to be picked. And no matter who's picked or where they're playing, getting a performance of any consistency out of them seems to be something beyond Darren Moore's uh, abilities as well. Like. Because he sometimes he has kept a winning team and then it doesn't work the second time. Uh, oftentimes he's changed it and those changes have hurt us. I don't know, just very strange. But we should get on to to uh, this weekend's match. Yeah. So completing this little triple mm. of 17th, 18th, 19th, we take on Lincoln, who have gone, have moved up since that. 17th, 18th, 19th comparison was made. They've they have moved up the table somewhat, and they've picked up some results of late. Hmm. Uh, but probably a team that's going to finish mid-table, we would think. Probably, yeah. But probably, like I think some people kind of mark them down as kind of like outside chances of the top six. That there seems to be one of those teams. They seem to be a bit of a kind of MK Dons type team, I guess. That that's kind of middling, but might have a push of it. And probably previously yeah. someone like Doncaster before their recent kind of implosion. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting. Interesting to see Chris Maguire back. I mean, I'll jump ahead. Yeah, I, I want to go back and talk about the lineup, but, you know, Chris Maguire only noticed when he uh, flopped to the floor on the fourth minute, yeah. which uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of brings us back to uh, what Chris Maguire, who Chris Maguire is and what he does best. Uh, <laughs> I had the exact same thing, you know, Luke. Because I didn't get a chance to see any of the lineup, and obviously, I'm not. I mean, I don't know who who plays for Lincoln City. I'm not. That's not. I don't have time or space in my head to learn who plays for Lincoln City. So coming into the match, I had no idea. But yeah, exactly. Seeing him fall over and sort of gingerly pick himself up and sort of rub his hands on his bomber as he stood up in in his, in his sort of inimitable style. I was like, that's Chris Maguire. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, it was he. There's a big old uh, stocky, stocky Scottish behind. He's got a real dump truck on him, yeah. He has, yeah. Little guy with a dump, dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's do a little bit of Lutlow's lineups. Uh, first common, uh. <laughs> Happy with a free in the middle of the park, probably the best we can do with the players available, but the free at the back is woeful. If it is if this is a free five two, looking at the lineup. I couldn't I couldn't work out what we were supposed to be doing at the back. Really. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it was four most of the time. But it definitely they definitely there were points where they were all stood in a line of with all five of them back. So yeah, odd. Don't know which I prefer out of Johnson or Brown at the left back berth, but don't think the answer is both of them. And I don't really know which <laughs> one I want to see the centre back, considering this is a three-five-two. Uh, so let's see how this plays plays out. Just imagining the worst finale of the Bachelor with me contemplating suicide over giving my final rose to Brown or Johnson. <laughs> 
the anti King and Worthington if they're doubling up. <laughs> I can't believe we benched. So, I can't believe we benched Dunkley. Yeah, Dunkley. This is the thing that's just so. This I mean, is what doesn't. Even for ourselves, oh. purveying a Sheffield Wednesday podcast, where the narrative of our thoughts about Shay Dunkley is that he's not particularly great. Yes. Generally, he's been pretty good the past few games. He's had his best run of games in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt, probably yeah. these last three games. Yeah. And then we decide to toss that out the toss that out the window to do for Palmer as well. For Palmer, I know. I don't. We can all we can all play football manager, right? We can all think about what we want to do. I don't know. I think with the options we have right now, I don't see why it isn't on the right back. I, I don't know why we don't just play a four at the back. And then we go Dunkley and I offer at centre back and then Palmer at left back, if we're really yeah. doing that. And then go hunt at right back. I mean, I don't know. We've got two we've got two left back options who aren't particularly convincing at left back, and then they aren't convincing up the pitch, and then maybe in that hinterland as a wing back, they're okay because they're neither things. Yeah. I think that's probably where they're based, but I don't think that wing back thing is the three five two is not working for us, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I th- I thought I thought Jaden Brown, if he had if he wasn't on the pitch, I don't think we would have noticed today. Yeah, I think that's true. I, but then, so to make a kind of connection from a point earlier, which was a point I wanted to make, but I want to try and kind of linger on some of the positivity we had there. Yeah. So okay. you, so the mentality is typically when you said, you know, more would come out and say, you know, well, uh, Fizz hasn't shown the elements to his game previously for me to pick him. Yeah. And then probably, I guess, previous managers, Gary Monk would probably say similar things and Tony Pulis, you know, exactly. Um, but I imagine something else that's kind of connected with that. It's interesting you've said that because midweek, or actually not actually midweek, it was actually the pre-match presser either Thursday or Friday from mm. more talking about this game. He's asked about Corbino because it's come out in the press that Corbino basically, yeah. if he's not getting enough opportunities, will go back to Wolves and go elsewhere because yeah. there's plenty of suitors at this level, which is fair enough. So he kind of came out and said that like Corbino has things to work on his game. Yeah. But it's the, same the problem I ha- with- yeah. It's the same excuse you said again, right? It's that thing you brought up previously, yeah. you brought up, brought up in this episode. So the thing I think about though is like, what else am I really seeing from any other viable options? I know. Making me that- think, you know, again, like, why can't we play our shiny wingers? That's the the implication is that the others are doing <laughs> that. And then you've got a player in Show Depot who seems to get endless opportunities and has done nothing outside of his goal that was disallowed. Shadipo has been ruinously bad in yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, and he what is what is it about him that what is he doing that apparently Corbino can't do? Because Corbino, every time I see him, looks dangerous and exciting and gets on the ball. And bundles through tackles, and Shadipo looks does none of that. 
and does no defending. He's not working hard to get back. I don't know what. Maybe I'm. Maybe you know. Maybe maybe we're back to the Alan Irvin thing. I don't have any badges, but I am not seeing. I am not seeing the players who are getting the chance, the opportunities again and again and again, doing anything that will be beyond these young players who are showing promise. And the other one we haven't seen any of is So or Sal. Yeah, I, I don't. No, I'm not. I don't want to do a heffernan thing and imply that all these players who aren't playing are better. Yeah, but we chop and change and drop people in and try things out. But it's all from this very limited palette. It's like, oh, just yeah. going to make. I'm going to keep doing all my paintings out of black, white, and green. And it's like, but you've got blue and red and yellow. No, no, no. Black, white, and green. I know what I'm saying. But everything looks brown and bad. No, no, no. I yeah. keep chopping and changing them. Horses for courses. <laughs> when is their course? Um, no, I mean, so it's interesting. So I, I think, obviously, it's a, we're back to where we were last week. We were in the lead. We squandered another lead. It's frustrating to be where we are. Um, in terms of those positives, I think, well, we can, we, 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 you know, we'll work through in a bit more of a kind of uh, um, a measured manner. But I think there were some positives. But what's worrying for me again is I think all three of these games, I'd be hard pressed if I was like in a debating society. I'd be hard-pressed to say that we deserve to win any of the three games that we've just played. No. And in, well, in fact, Wimbledon. It's the strongest shade on that spectrum of... The strongest shade, yeah. But today <laughs> today in Cambridge, I think we're in this batch. We've had a lot of these sort of games where I think probably they've been the better team for mm. 75 80% of the match. But when mm. we, we have... 20% and we were probably quite a bit better and more dangerous than they were because we've got better players so the period of time when we have, we're doing something it look, it's better it's a bit like in boxing you know like you can eke out the rounds at 10-9 or you can have a 10-8 and like oh so if, if, a, if a football match is like 10 rounds <laughs> they've won 8 of them eking them out we've won two and we've probably done t two ten eight rounds but overall that still means you lose and you will not be the better team and to, i thought today was one of those games where it's like well, yeah we had that period where it looked like really we we had them rattled we could have got a couple but the rest of the game was theirs and we had a lot of let-offs today oh yeah i know i know can I just finalize a couple of things with the lineup as well? Please Disappoint, do. Yeah. Disappointed that we decided to leave out Patterson. Yeah. I'm still not 100% convinced of what we're getting from Berahino when he plays. No. Uh, I'm really disappointed still that, um, you know, I guess he's still injured. You know, I, I guess they talked about, I think, in the, in the pre-match about like a checking in on the fitness of Hutchinson. Yeah, you know it's nice to hear because I haven't heard much of him recently. So that's something no. we've learned that Lewis Gibson's out for a considerable amount of time. Ugh. What's that now? So, yeah, yeah, that's disappointing. And the the latest on Windass is still pretty woolly, but 
maybe we'll be, if we're lucky before the turn of the year, which feels like a month or so later than we were we've been told previously. I know it was yeah. very early when we were we last heard dates. Mm. But and and who knows about Luongo? Maybe they stopped asking. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Uh, da, da, da. With the lineup I follow, we're reckoning it was a four-two-three-one with Brown. It's the idea Brown and Brown and Johnson doubling up on left, but Brown being the one who was further forward. With uh, they were reckoning FDB was going to be out on the right. Yeah, don't I? I think it was probably closer to closer to a four four two. I'm trying to think now, actually, because we we sort of asked Hunt to do everything on that right flank. I think. Oh, totally. But I mean, he can do it pretty well, and it doesn't seem to be any. Yeah. So every team we play against all applies all the pressure down the left because they've highlighted it's an area of weakness to Wednesday. So Hunt, you know. Hunt is a better yeah. defender out of those things, but he's not tested that often. No. And I thought Palmer had a nice line occasionally in uh, you know, stepping onto the ball and, and making things happen. I thought I thought Palmer had a pretty assured game at, at, at centre back, um, by and large. Um apart from he did almost <laughs> he did did sort of give us kittens almost straight away with that his really poor pass across to Bailey Peacock Farrell, which put us in, in yeah. trouble. Yeah. Um, and we just about recovered from that problem. And then I also decided that was a good time to run up the pitch and got tackled as well. Uh, so they got two chances for the price of one bit of pressure. <laughs> uh, did Lincoln. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, it's strange because I thought I also had a decent game by and large someone who did not have the best game was Bannon no no I I don't know when I don't know I'm the odd excitement that will come the positive and the silver lining from the day that Bannon doesn't play for Sheffield Wednesday anymore is the fact that I don't have to see him take corners anymore this was a tour de force of bad set pieces today I can't remember really. it's it's I, I, he has the worst ratio of good corners to bad corners. And yet, because he's highly best, paid and he's a captain, he takes all of them. The best corner of the day was taken by Corbiner. Yeah, there's one right at the death, right? Right at the death. No, but his, his, they were awful today because two or three times he just went over everybody and then yeah. sort of was moaning and shouting. And you're like, surely you can see that there's nobody that, how is it anybody else's fault? If you've kicked it three feet over everybody's head, what are they supposed to do? Uh, uh, he he was poor today. I think that being the so he was kind of the the anchor for the midfield three, with Bashiru, Delhi Bashiru, and and, and Adoniran pushing on, mm. trying to be more attacking, mm-hmm. and Bannon sitting and holding. But his defensive work as a as a, as a holding sitting midfielder was awful. So many times the ball just passed him, but the the game just passed him by today more often than not. He slowed us down unnecessarily. Um, I I mean it's rare that I come out of a game with criticism for Bannon, but I thought I just thought today he this was one of his worst performances in 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 like 
probably a number of years. This was really, really desperately bad. Wow. I, and I know, I know, and I know Wing is kind of becoming a bit of a boo boy's target, uh, and he is frustrating. But at least he's getting in positions to make mistakes and miss chances. You know, there's something to be said for putting yourself out there and making things happen. And I, I think Wings actually more suited to that kind of holding role. One of the worst problems we had today was um, Berahino. I think it was in the first half. Berahino passed it back to Bannon. Uh, through a crowd of players, he was under pressure and he passed it back to Bannon. Bannon just sort of like watched it go by him and immediately put them on the attack because he was like last line of defence. He was in line with the defenders and just looked at this pass with disdain because it was a foot away from him, like he's Roy of the Rovers, and immediately put put uh, Lincoln on the on the front foot but because of it. Um, I don't know, just very... A lot of frustration today. A lot of uh, yeah. and a lot of a lot of a lot of near calls and misses. I don't know. Do you think though that for the nature of that, that we sacrificed Bannon for the fact that you know Adoniran and Delhi Bashiru can be decent today? I think we like that. I think we liked that. That's good. So that that sort of clicked in. Um, it was late on in the game, wasn't it, against Cambridge that we we ended up with those three as the midfield, and it it did look very dynamic and exciting. Mm-hmm. So I can see why we've gone back to it. But yes, you're absolutely right. Like we're we're basically like there's nobody that's very interested in defending there or has any real natural ability. Um, but I just I don't know. I just thought Bannon he looked off the pace all all game. He just looked a little bit like a just a yard behind everything. And there's a couple of times where he passed the ball straight out of play at short distance and things. I don't know. I don't know what was... It's the, it was the sort of performance, if you hear afterwards, oh, he had a stomach bug or something, that would sort of explain a lot. But I don't know that we're going to hear that. Mm. So do we? Do you want to go through... Have you got sort of more structured... Um, happenings from the match I do yeah I mean the eighth minute I wonder if that was we had a number of just it's another distinction of Sheffield Wednesday like I'm glad the players have a degree of comfort and feel comfortable executing the game game, game plan but we can't have comfort be complacency mm. like and we're just so complacent at the back and that was I think yeah. it was the eighth minute I think it was one of those many back passes I'm just like it's complacent as fuck terrible and then I also went down. Thanks yeah. to that as well. So I said, great, well done, everybody. And then we lose him for the corner. The first corner was worrying, and then he had yeah. a second corner. Yeah. The second corner was mildly better. Real chef's kiss of shy defending, really, yeah. I will say. Um, yeah. My only mild delight of the first 12 minutes was Pearson misnaming Gregory as Greggy. Nice, Greggy. That was nice. Um, first 20 minutes, I made a note though to say this is ponderous dower shite. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just bad. It was just awful. And just giving, again, that, that mentality of like, you know, one of our, one of our episodes, we had a pre, you know, a cold, a cold open with us doing Radiohead just and saying, we, you know, you yes. do it to yourself, you do. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing with Wednesday. So much of this is just invited upon us 
by our complacent poor defending. And I don't know what yeah. the, I don't know why we continually go with it. Um, there's this mentality of oh, how great it is that we build from the back. And then you've talked about previously, like Moore seems to think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I must be like <laughs> cripplingly honest with you. Like I don't think I've seen anything that's come from it unless we've been on the counter. It only ever no. works where like we've mopped up a chance and Peacock Farrell rolls it out and we go on the counter quickly. Yeah, not very yeah. good at that because it's seemingly we don't have any of our quick players on the pitch. No, you know, or it gets to. up to Gregory and then it gets hot. You know, Gregory's either slow as he is, which isn't his strong point. We know. No. Or he's just isolated as well. I don't know what the point of playing two up top today was. It's interesting you mentioned like the benefits of having that dynamic midfield free with the two yeah. pushing on in the hole. Like that's a great idea, but I don't think Berahino's yeah. not that quick, is he? I don't think. Doesn't seem to be. I think he was at some point, and I wondered, you know, like series of injuries and stuff. As a player who's had a huge fall from grace, I wonder if there's not a, a big injury somewhere there. Because mm. that, if you lose your pace, not many players are the same after that happens to them. No, no. I mean, you, you then have to redefine what your kind of strong points are. I mean, and, yeah. you know, and not every player is as talented as someone like Wayne Rooney to be like, well, actually, I'm quite a decent football player. You know, yeah. you know, even though. That's a big damnation for him, right? Because he's not the <laughs> he was nowhere yeah, near the yeah, same yeah. player, and that was a disappointment, yeah. I think, for everyone who supported him or watched him play. Um I I made that thought about the whole because I was seeing how it panned out. I've made that note about Gregory at the back, Brown further up. If that's the case, why are we why are we doing two defenders or two defensive-minded <laughs> kind of yeah. wingback players? Yeah. That would surely yeah. give us an opportunity for. I don't know, another umpteenth chance for Shadipo. Or I don't know, here's a radical idea, Corbino or Sell. I know, yeah. One of these players. Also, I'm wondering, like, if we're getting into real desperation here, Rich, um, I've got a real radical idea, which maybe we might try at some point when more trying to save his job and does more desperate rolls of the dice. Can bury at centre-back? Yeah, I, I I sort of agree with you. I, I, like Berahino, really, we've not seen outside of that first game. I've been pretty underwhelmed with Berahino. Yeah. Um, and maybe I was overhyped after that first game because obviously he got his goal, and you're sort of thinking like, great, well, you know, this is. I can. I, he was sort of hitting crossfield passes. He looked comfortable on the ball. He doesn't seem to be that anymore, or what? Maybe he was never that. Maybe it was just one isolated game. Um, I do think he carries a threat in a way that I can see why you want to work him in there. But then he—I don't know whether he was unlucky today or just kind of outmatched a little bit. But there's a few times where he like worked his man and yeah. made a space, yeah, and then it just didn't bounce right for him, or he didn't catch it right. I don't think him and Gregory are a good partnership, or not yet. Maybe it can build. Sure. I didn't see much to build on today. I didn't. I didn't get the feel like we were, you know, two or three matches away from some beautiful trans. Uh, what do I want to say? Telepathic connection between the two, because it just didn't feel like that. 
so I yeah, I thought it was one of Gregory's poorer games. I thought Berahino maybe on balance was slightly more slightly better value out of the two front front men because he carried a bit more of a threat. But it it just it didn't really work for having you know, I know people talk about oh we should just play four four two. Just play four four two and get it forward. And you're like, yeah, but why? Like today we didn't have the it would have been much better to have another body in midfield and boss the midfield than uh, than what we did. Whether we've got anybody to boss the midfield, I don't know. Right. But like it it would have that would have been much more effective for us. Or playing a right winger in front of Jack Hunt, so there's a bit of interplay on on the on both flanks. Either way, I think I'd probably prefer either of those options to having two forwards when it just yeah. work as a as a combination. I mean, I'm not a fan of seeing an isolated striker because I hate the the moment where you build it up to the end to have that anticlimax. Yeah. Which and that seems to be a big thing from uh, John Pearson's actually observations about a few times. You know, we we pinged it up to Gregory, and Gregory kind of got that touch back for for no one. You know, he was yeah, completely yeah, isolated. Yeah. So. I get that yeah. point, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe to be mature about this, we're not going to have it everywhere in the middle of the park. You know, all the way across the pitch right now. Maybe no. we have to pick and decide. I think, as you kind of said, I I think I'd definitely be about for if it's not quite a four four two, then at least if we can have double up characters on the wings, that would yeah, that would be something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. The thirty-second minute, I I thought that was a pen when Johnson fouled fouled the uh, the Lincoln player in the box. Right. I mean, it was a bit more on the kind of soft end of the spectrum, but I don't know. It's it's Marvin Johnson. He's not particularly good at. No. No. So we're. Which can you remember the what where that incident sort of came about? Um, that was they they played a really lovely through ball. They kind of had it out on the left, Wednesday's right, their left, and they kind of cut back in. They fed a player in who was kind of on on the angle. Two players kind of crumbling back. Johnson, I can't remember the other defender was. Yeah, we we were kind of scrambling. I think they they did spurn the chance a bit, but it was a bit of a let off because. If you had any oh, player, I, I thought that one wasn't. That was the player nineteen just went down between two men. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I thought he just went over like a mm. second spot. I don't. I don't remember seeing a contact between our player and him. Fair it wasn't enough. good. It was a bad bit of defending to end up in the situation, oh, it's and terrible. I was just waiting on him shooting. Uh, but uh, I think. It, I, yeah, I, I I almost thought he was lucky not to get a card because I thought it was a strange situation to go down and it was it felt easier for him to probably get the shot away than what we so we had a perfect angle from seeing the face faces of those three players. What I didn't see is there any clips or backs, you know, clicks of, of heels or whatever behind that. So it, it may be that that's something that looks much more like a pen on on rewatch, but from my perspective, there was two players that didn't even quite get to the man and he went, he flopped over. Um, and I sort of feel like this ref today, if it had been, would have given it because he gave a lot to Lincoln today. A lot of, he, I mean, Chris Maguire, he bought 
pretty much everything he was selling. Yeah, fair enough. And he was selling a lot. <laughs> uh, the 35th minute, I missed it on the first time, but I went back and saw it. The FDB's heroics to uh, kind of hold off a oh, player, yeah. then make another one. That was brilliant. Good ball to Berahino, yeah. who then slightly overdoes his through ball to Gregory. Yeah, that yeah, was that was funny. Um, another bit of fortuitous for Wednesday moment, like the 37th minute. Brown fortuitously hit it long to Berahino, who was kind of cluttered, and it kind of bounced onto FDB. Looked like it was going to be positive and promising, yeah. but then it wasn't. Then nothing really came yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the moment, minute after that, you had the moment where Berahino had it and on the angle. And he fired it low at the keeper, which is probably, oh, yeah. maybe probably outside the goal, probably Wednesday's best chance of the game. Yeah. yeah. 40th minute. I'm Hino doing some more through ball magics, only this time in the other way, where he did a through ball to Maguire. Yeah. We get, that's we the one really where get off. We did get, we get, that's the one I was talking about, Bannon just watching it go by him. Yes. Yeah. Bannon could have easily stuck his foot out. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best idea from Berahino. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't understand what was going through Bannon's mind just look, watching that go by. For a guy who constantly wants the ball and wants to be on it, why why did he choose that as the moment there? He's like, you know what, this one's not for me. I'll let this one pass me by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's about that, it for that the first half for me, really. Yeah, you know, I, we, you know, I can see. This might be a bit of a key theme. I'm going to go on. Like we were, we were pretty fortuitous today. Yeah, we also kind of did an undoing on ourselves against Lincoln. Lincoln's goal, which we'll get onto, I thought was a decent goal for them. Yeah, for ourselves. That yeah. was the only moment I felt that they showed any great aptitude in front of the net. But then, uh, yeah, so I didn't... Well, yeah, certainly in front of the net. But the, there was a couple of moments that really worried me that second half. I don't, you've, you might have got a better view, but there was there was a penalty shout, like a sliding tackle that where the ball sort of skidded across the front of the go- our goal. And you're almost just waiting for somebody to touch it in, and then we got away with that one. Yep. Well, that's that was very early yeah. on in the second half. Well, they really came out the blocks, but it was really farcical from Wednesday, from everything I saw. My, oh, yeah. My highlights were I don't exactly remember a specific, but the 47th minute I said farcical. That's the only word <laughs> I had for that one. 48th minute, then we, <laughs> we pulled up again with yeah. Lincoln nearly scored. That's the one that I think was. Was the 47th minute the one where it was like Iortha kind of the Iortha did the tackle and then yeah. Peacock Farrell couldn't quite get there and it drifted across yeah. the goal, which fortuitously yeah. for us Wednesday had Palmer there who cleared. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's the one who sort of squirted right across the front of the goal. Mm. Yeah, and they had another fairly similar sort of incident where I think Bailey Peacock Farrell got he, it was a save, really, but it was a similar sort of. You just wonder how we got away with it, really. Um, well, they, I think they had a contentious moment on the 49th minute, didn't they? And then that was the one yeah. that I think the ref kind of bottled it a bit and kind of called it back because Johnson did a really stupidly high yeah. boot outside, yeah. Yeah. outside the area. I just said he's terrible at left back. 
Like, it's I think awesome. we've had times of thinking, like, I, I think previously there was a game last week, right, where we, we conceded against Wimbledon. We conceded two goals against Wimbledon. We yeah. were two goals in the lead. We threw it away. We squandered the lead once again. Yeah. Not good at holding on to leads. Not good at coming back from leads when not <laughs> we quit down, right? That's Jeff, yeah. Jeff yeah. Wednesday story. So yeah. I thought in that situation, like, the only substitution I thought was meaningful in that was to take Brown off because he looked really tired and really leggy. Yeah. And then he dropped a bollock, which we conceded the second goal from against Wimbledon yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, so. Do, don't you think there's a, but you talk, you've mentioned the complacency at the back. Don't you think that is an across the board issue? And like, this is a, one of these like fundamental, like, school kids drilled into you anybody that's played any sort of level of football isn't the first rule of defending that you don't let it bounce you deal with it yeah Yeah, pretty much we have a team that that lets it bounce and I don't know whether it starts with Iortha, Iortha's got a very lackadaisical style he's languid in his approach and things like that and that does feed into the way he plays the game but he can take chances because he is six foot four and mainly leg like he can make mistakes and recover from them in a way that very few people are able to but that was typical from Johnston it it was a poor ball forward that favoured him and he dawdled and by dawdling, he then puts himself he puts himself in a position where he kind of hangs out a limp high boot, which thankfully got him out of the penalty that he then gave away because he got all handsy and grabby. That's the but, f- yeah, no, that's that's completely just the thing. Like, just attack the ball in a defensive mind, right? Well, yeah, grab grab the moment, grab the <laughs> the. Uh, you know, grab the, uh, the the emphasis that's on you, you and your your moment of play. It's very difficult for the play for the attacking player in that situation. It's difficult for them to make something happen in the position where that ball was like kind of lolloping through the air. The easiest thing to do is be the defender and head it out of play or head yeah. it halfway line. There's what a moment- he did was left bounce, which hands the hands the impetus to the the attacker. He then has to scramble and put his high boot up. But if you're an attacker, that's the sort of thing, like if you kick the ball out of play or you give possession away, you react to the high boot. Otherwise, you run into the box unencumbered. And then he's panic stations. Mm. I think that there's a moment on the spectrum, Rich, between complacency and panic that Wednesday need to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the problem is they fear going to the element of panic or it's been drilled into them to be comfortable, but they're, they're misnaming that comfort yeah. as complacency. But Palmer had a moment of doing it. I can't remember. I think it might be the first half, but again, he like let the ball bounce two or three times and the situation is getting more and more dangerous. Um, so are they not being coached? Because we talked about, we, th- this was one of the things that started to happen. Carlos, the season where it all sort of broke down, the bad periods. And I remember us talking and looking and like, Tom Lees was one of the people that we would talk about. But it's, there's just certain things you're supposed to do. 
as a conscientious member of the team, as a defender, there's just certain rules that you live by and play by. Like if you're a centre back who gets dragged out into the onto the sort of byline with a winger or a forward, you have to you have a job then to make sure either the I come away with the ball or I stop this player. And we don't do that. We let the player go past us and let him have a free run. There's other things where it's like, oh, if you get caught out, you just run backwards. Like I hear Gary Neville talking about it all the time. Like you can't perfectly read every bit of play, but when something goes wrong, you can run back and get yourself back in position and have a rush to do that. We dawdle. We watch the other players do their thing. We, this is just inherently we've got lots and lots of bad habits in the way that we play, particularly at the back. And we've got a defender who's our manager. So is he, is, is there no coaching going on? Is it bad coaching going on? What's happening mm. that we've got all these, these bad traits that are just seem to be baked into our game. Let the ball bounce, react later. You know, I don't know. It's very odd. It's very odd to watch because you'd hope as a uh, one way you could go with a defender as a manager is that everybody defends. We've had, you know, Alan, uh, Alan Stuart Gray. Everybody's job was to defend, and that was pretty dour in its own way. But it's like nobody's job is to defend now. Mm-hmm. And we're not very good at the attacking part, right? <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, but we did have our we did have our moments that second half, didn't we? We well, had we, we had some good. Yeah, I mean the fiftieth minute. I'd say that you know Peacock Farrell made a good save, poor defending, good save as well. Yeah. Commented there. Uh, we, and then I think that kind of after that fifty second minute, we had a good break, and uh, Adoniran went down after being fouled. Yeah, the free kick wasn't terrible. I'll put it down. No, yeah, yeah. And then and then surged into life. It seemed like we had a real spate and a real a real run for about a, a 10, 15 minutes, I'd say. And like that, we undeservedly take the lead on the 54th minute. Yeah. Crazy. Some more lovely work from Fazeo Deli Bashiru. I loved he had one moment in the first half where he did that and dropped his shoulder and like half their team bought the dummy and he uh, he did it again on the edge of the box and this time got his shot away um, and the keeper did a he did a good job with it but Adoniram was onto it and finished from the angle really really well that was not an easy job to get the ball in from where he got that contact did a, did a fine job did young Den Den he'd had a bad I think he'd had a very anonymous game until he scored. Oh yeah. But then he was he was kind of instrumental in that period of like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like that was the moment, I think a few minutes later, where he rolled it across the six-yard box, but no yeah. one was there to get a touch on it. Yeah. And he also did one he cut back for Gregory who uh who, who poked it around uh, across the front of the box as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So the, so we had a we had a little period of kind of Pomp and presenting danger. Um, I've, I've noted about the goal. Uh, FTB is the power and uh, the power and composure to turn and search for the box wrestling goalward. Griffiths does a wildsmith and powers out and bend on the angle of the lot <laughs> powers it in. 
Once again, Luke and Rich and probably a ton of other Wednesdayites feel vindicated about FDB. Yeah, absolutely. But a comment I want to kind of bring in here, Rich, shit but lucky. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's fair. So that made a change that... Uh, uh, yeah. On the face of it, I didn't dislike. I thought mm. didn't think Greg wasn't Gregory's finest game. Um, he was okay. I like I like Patterson. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I'm not saying he was bad, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. He wasn't pulling up any trees. And I like Patterson. I like his energy. So I could see the sense behind the change. The timing of it was pretty bad. In and almost immediately, you could see the effect it had had was of just killing our momentum. That we had we'd had the momentum in the match for the first time. And we made our substitution and it just went the port. We never react well to gaps in play. So it could have been a player getting injured or yeah. a long substitution or their substitution. It could have been anything that would put us off our stride because Lord knows it is easy to put Sheffield Wednesday off their stride right now. Yeah. But it was our own, once again, a self-inflicted deadening of the momentum. Uh <sighs> So I, I didn't really want to see Gregory go off. I was happy to see Patterson come on. Didn't particularly yeah. want to see Gregory go off. My, my note is Q Marsh Sibson going, hmm. <laughs> and so a theoretical question. We had lots of philosophical pondering questions here on different gravy. But Rich, yeah. a question for you is, is what I want to ask you today. How do you know if a cart horse, if a, how do you know if a cart horse is knackered? <laughs> I don't know. How do you know if a cart horse is knackered? I don't know. It's no. a cart horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, it, the, the thing is, that to, to be fair to Darren Moore, this is a like-for-like -like sort of substitution. And generally, Patterson brings a lot of energy and, and kind of go to the team what he couldn't have known was that Patterson would just absolutely fail to establish himself in the game in any meaningful sense mm. and would look, would look honestly look, come on and look half cut he was so off the pace of this game I don't know he never caught up he had moments where the ball broke to him and he just looked surprised and didn't drive forward with it in any way. He had moments where players sort of were staring at him, hoping he would move into space so that they could play the ball through for him. And he just stood and watched them. This was, this was not a good showing from uh, Pato Colomp. Um, and to be fair to Darren Moore, I guess, how do you know that that's going to happen? Uh, but yeah, in retrospect, not only was it bad timing for the substitution, unnecessary and an unnecessary substitution, but it was also a bad change to make uh, in in terms of the personnel as well. Yeah. So how long was it then after the substitution that they then they uh, they scored their equaliser? I think I had it down as the seventy eighth minute. I'm just going to take a quick look at the. Uh... A result to see what kind of official time they all got from Flashco here. They make okay. it to be the 80th minute. Okay. Uh, Chris Maguire uh, knocked in the corner. Did he? Apparently. That's what they tell me. 
Oh, he took the corner. To the corner, yeah. He didn't score. That was Monsma. Monsma, yeah. What happened to that? So that just looked a big mess. Mm -hmm. And and then we ended up with three Wednesday players in a heap on the floor. Was it just a simple cross and a header? Pretty much, yeah. I I know it's another one that doesn't look great for Bailey Peacock-Farrell because it landed at his feet and he, he didn't deal with it very well. I guess there's an overall arching question. I do want to. So, do you think he should have done better with that? Uh, I've only seen, I've only seen it twice: once live and once in a re- shoddy replay, <laughs> a whole a whole length of a pitch away from me on the screen. Uh, but it it looked like one that maybe he should have kept out, or he had a very he had a decent chance of stopping. Yeah, it sort of looks like threw him a bit. I think the defense I would give of him is the fact that like it has it's a downward header. It's met with some real power. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know? it's a good header. It's a good header, but uh the fact that it you know a player of his caliber can't keep that out and it squirms beneath his body is pretty damning, I guess. I just think anytime as a goalkeeper it, that it touches you and goes in, you've got to feel like maybe I could have done better. Because you got your positioning was good enough to get you to the ball, so just on that level, then there's a there's a bit of a question to be asked. I don't. There certainly were saves he made today that I wouldn't have trusted other Wednesday goalkeepers to make. Sure. So it's harder for overall. Well, we're constantly in a position of kind of it's a question to be asked, isn't it? I think. Um. So we tried to kind of build up another head of steam and get back into it. They mm. looked Lincoln for their part looked very happy with their their point that they'd secured and started time wasting and etc. Going down injured, uh, making mass substitutions. Um, so we we brought on Corbino, which was nice. Yeah, probably a bit too late, I think, but. Probably a bit too late, yeah. but he he sort of did as advertised. the The first thing he did was push through a couple of challenges and uh, nearly work a chance for a teammate. And then the second thing he did was push put through a few challenges and nearly cut it back for a teammate. Um, he took a good corner. I thought a good cameo from him. I'd like I I, I just want I would like to see more of him. He's he seems like a something different to what we have you can see he worries players today all day when Adena and uh, Adoniran turned up what he was doing was turning his man and running at them what Delhi Bashiro was doing that was causing the problems was turning and running at them and Corbino's another one that can run at them with pace and power uh, so it made sense to bring him on and have another a third threat of that type because they didn't seem to be able to deal with it Mm. Uh, the third substitution we made was Shodipo, who did nothing. Did nothing, yeah. Apart from completely balls up what would have been our last chance to last gasp chance by kind of tricking himself and falling over on his bum when he should have taken possession of the ball on the side of the box. He's been an almighty disappointment, hasn't he, Shodipo? I have no idea how he got so many goals last year. I can't see any of that. 
Especially the thing, the thing that's really crippling and really annoying is the fact that like seemingly we have so many kind of young talents at this football club who seem to be here because of Darren Moore. And yeah. you just can't get a fucking song out of them. No. I do think a bit there's a there's a do you remember um was it Ranieri that got called the Tinker Man? It is, yeah. There's a bit of that with Darren Moore. He 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 overthinks and he he sort of you can almost see him thinking himself out of the normal sensible thing to do and then trying the next it's like um you know they talk about brainstorming and is like one of the worst ways to make decisions because you end up picking a terrible left field option because you're all kind of bored and there's some kind of Stockholm syndrome going on like it's just a really bad a bad forum for ideas and it feels like Darren Moore's brain is a bad forum for ideas the sensible options get shot down and we end up with (laughs) the fifth way and it doesn't Mm. work um I I just momentum and uh, in, in games is just so it's so intangible and slippery uh, particularly for our, our team at this point in time, we, there's no real natural rhythm. We don't have a base to the the team. We don't have something we're building up. We don't have a spine that we build around. Really, uh, to I suppose to an extent, we've got Bailey Peacock, Farrell, Iorfa, Bannon, and Gregory play pretty much every game from the start. So maybe there is a spine, but that, none of those are reliable. Um, but. Yeah, momentum. That 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 making that change when we made it. I've just watched so many Sheffield Wednesday games where we do that. Oh, we're doing okay, so let's make a change to make it even better, and then it goes. That little slippery eel of momentum just escapes. Uh, and this was just another one of those today. I I don't think we deserve to win. I don't. I think we were maybe lucky that it was only a draw but we could have won and we could have won at the end we should have won yeah because we were ahead and we had we were in the ascendancy so we're back thinking it just we're not getting enough out of this squad of players and I know we talk about growing and all oh, that was good midweek for resilience and well, we don't say that. That's the PR machine of Darren Moore. Yeah. Yeah, uh, growing. Yeah, uh, glimmers. Yeah, uh, lessons. That's Darren Moore. But at some point, don't we have to stop learning lessons and like put our knowledge out on the pitch? Yeah. Like at some point, does it, you know, I know they say, I know there's like, you know, the, phrase every day is a school day but oh, every match can't be a school day oh lessons learned can we just not can we just play uh can we have like a sports day or something where we actually just go play football and not do lessons today thank you <laughs> <laughs> so any more from your notes there any any pithy bits so prior to us doing this podcast, I might include it as a cold open, or yeah, I think I will. Uh, Rich did the amazing character 
of the sports commentator who's doing a film review. <laughs> I'm going to include that here. In this movie of two halves, it's hard to say whether the dark side or the light side won. <laughs> So following that, I've got a similar kind of mentality. It's funny because I actually like actually wrote this note before kind of Rich okay. kind of started doing this thing. But uh, <laughs> um, I thought I'll try and do my own sports commentator. This might not be as good as Rich's. As a full-time whistle blows, you uh, only get what you give. Rings out across <laughs> Hillsborough Stadium. Seemingly a new radical idea for the Sheffield Wednesday side. The Essex faithful who have the team team have them down on their knees, are only hoping that Moore's men get the dreamer's disease and are gone up all through. But currently, <laughs> this is looking as good as a commercial success as the rest of the new Radicals only record. Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday won, Lincoln City won. Very good. <laughs> the ground staff know this, so you're going to put in some more fucking effort to win a fucking game. <laughs> It's not even halves of good football, is it? It's like no. t- 10 minute spells of good football. It was really scraping <laughs> scraping the lint drawer of Sheffield Wednesday's uh, laundry, you know? <laughs> uh, so, we... Uh... It's a draw, so we do a we do a uh, honourable mention and a villain of the piece. So who's uh, let's do villain first? Who's the who's the villain today, Luke? Who's the villain? That's a good question. Oh, I think I'm going to have to join you with talking about Bannon. I think. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever come away from it. Well, maybe not ever, but. It's the first time I can remember coming away from a game and thinking, maybe he doesn't get to start next week. Maybe it's maybe somebody else gets to go. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing that midfield with Lewis Wing tried in the in the in the middle. I know he's got his critics, but he's six two, which brings a bit more to the table in terms of being a bit of a shield for our defence. Um, he has some sort of killer instinct in terms of reading, you know, reading moments and getting forward for them, which we've never ever seen from Bannon. He's like one of those uh, those killer whales that's gone gone awry in SeaWorld and just simply wants to play with his food forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing Cruyff turns and Cruyff turns and Cruyff turns until they're they're all dizzy. Um, Bannon's cry yeah. turns at SeaWorld. <laughs> Bannon Fish, the documentary on Netflix, <laughs> exposing the awful things that Darren Moore does to him in, behind the scenes. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's an odd feeling to come away from a game and think. Yeah, I don't know that I want to see Barry Bannon start the next game. And that's a weird place to be. And it really does speak to how poor his performance was today. Um, so I guess it's all similarly fairly easy to pick our uh, star man or our honourable mention. Or maybe I'm wrong there. 
Or FDB, I think. FDB. Yeah. He's already, you can tell, like, people are excited when he gets on the ball. There's kind of that, a bit like with JJ, you know, that kind of, like, hush. Of yes. Like, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> which is a nice thing to have with the player. Nice. Uh, it's nice to have that. I can't wait till I'm... I can't wait till I'm back at Christmas and I can attend the game so I can partake in the the, uh, the only delicious point of the silence at Hillsborough, which is the hush when uh, when <laughs> Deli Bashura gets gets uh, I mean it's, gets the ball. Yeah. it's it's quiet and muttery and then it gets quiet but excited. <laughs> the new the nuance of the very <laughs> the various um, silent utterings of, of Hillsborough Stadium is uh, is something you really pick up as a fan. <laughs> oh well, there we go. Anything anything else to, to add at this stage? No, no, that's about it. Just uh, once again, Wednesday, Wednesday pistol every weekend. Yep, 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 yep. That's the thing, isn't it? That that um, sorry, go on. Next weekend, we're is it, is it is the only the next game next weekend? We're not playing midweek. We're not doing a. I don't think we're playing midweek. No. Not not got a uh, not one of those pizza pizza cup games. Oh, I'd kill for a pizza game right now. Oh, we drew. Um, I guess in the news as well, we've got the game oh, on yeah. the seventh of November, which has been moved for TV on the Sunday, which uh, delightfully is five fifteen in the morning. Yeah. 12 15 p.m. GMT. Sounds rubbish. We get to go out at the first uh, round proper. Yeah. So we've now got relegated from last season. So instead of in the third round getting knocked out by Everton, now we just get knocked out by Plymouth, basically. Yeah. It's great. But it's, yeah, Cheltenham, Cheltenham on Saturday away. So. Oh well, yeah. Hopefully, some of the we'll pick some of the good bits out of these these recent performances and cobble together a win from somewhere. That would be uh, that would be exciting, wouldn't it, Luke? You'd that like would be that. that would be something. I'd enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you, Luke? Oh, you'd like Ooh. a win. Oh, I would. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at his face when he got to win. Oh. He's all smiles now. It's almost like he understands. <laughs> oh dear. Well, there we go. On that note, I will say I will uh, say cheerio to you, Luke, and cheerio to the folks at home, and wish you well for the intervening week. <laughs> Thanks, so. everyone. Have a good week. <laughs> cheerio. Bye. Bye. We aim to make this podcast carbon neutral by 2050, but until then, fuck all y'all.